Yes, it did. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning, radio friends. You have been listening to the Greater Apicenia Baptist Church, located at 1161 East 105th Street at Reverend Dr. E. Theophilus Cavanis Way in Cleveland, Ohio, where the Reverend E. Theophilus Cavanis is our pastor and Reverend Theophilus James Cavanis Sr. is our co-pastor. Our assisting ministers are Reverend Patrick Lee Robinson, Reverend Hilton O. Smith, Minister Cassandra Bledsoe, and Minister Rhonda Lawrence. Our technicians for the morning are Deacon Estefana Cavanis, Deacon Chip Cavanis, and Brother Matthew Parnell. Our musicians are Tramel Yarbrough, Director and Sanctuary of the Sanctuary and Gospel Choirs, Mark Thompson, Organist, Shelly Wheeler, Pianist, Jordan Pruitt, and Elliot Lanier, percussionist. God is so wonderful. Can't explain it, but I can say glory, hallelujah, praise his holy name. Let us walk with Jesus each and every day. Talk with Jesus all along the way. Trust in Jesus. He'll make your joys complete. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. He's mighty sweet. The sanctuary choir now comes to us and sing, It's Wonderful to Live for Jesus.
Come and dine at his table and rest. There find joy and peace, love and happiness. Come and go with me to my father's house. We will now hear from the gospel choir, soloist Marva Donerson. Oh! 
is the world's sickness and the master's cure. The biblical text is from Romans 7, verses 24 and 25. Just before the pastor brings forth the word of God, co-pastor T.J. Kavanagh will lift his voice and sing. Join us each first and fourth Sunday at 11.45 a.m. live on WABQ 1460 on your dial. This has been your radio announcer, Deaconess Letha Robinson. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Nehemiah 8 and 5 says, when Ezra opened the book, all the people stood up. There's a word in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans that reads thusly, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The Living Bible says, oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who shall free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God. It has been done yeah. by Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. He has set me free. Uh -huh. The world's sickness yes. and the master's cure. Uh -huh. I, I wish you'd be so kind enough to turn to somebody, anybody, and say to them, the world is sick. The world is sick. But I thank God Jesus Christ has healed me and set me free. My brothers and my sisters, without one scintilla of a doubt, and you'll agree with me, that we are living in a truly sick world. God created it. The devil came down to handle it, and it's been in trouble ever since. The world is seriously ill. There's a medical term which depicts the condition of a person who is seriously ill but is expected to recover. This term is used by doctors and nurses to describe the physical well-being of a person who has been near death but is beginning to respond to treatment. The expression is critical but stable. Somebody said critical but stable. That refers to someone who at one time may have been given a 50-50 chance to survive, but now in whose vital signs are now showing that there's a good possibility of recovery. 
Can I get some help in here, y'all? Since organ transplants have come into reality and prominence, the term critical but stable uh, is used quite frequently. The extraction organ, such as the kidney or a person, liver, a heart automatically puts a person on the critical list. But if the doctors can find a suitable replacement, which his or her body will not reject, he or she is listed as critical but stable. Help me, Holy Ghost. It means no matter how sick or overwhelming the art may have been, there's now good reason for hope and recovery. Well, as we look upon this sinful world in which we live, and as we look at the disparity of mankind in general, we are forced to join with the other diagnosticians who have said that we are living in a sick society. Any rational-minded human being who takes a good look at all of the evil going on today in our world must of necessity conclude that we are living in a sick society. The world is sick and our sickness is more serious than a headache, more serious than a common cold, or acid indigestion. No, my buddy, our society is on the critical list. We have a malignant tumor of greed. Do y'all hear me? Am up here just talking to myself? Let me know y'all out there. I said, we have a malignant tumor of greed, which seems to be eating away at our spiritual being. We have a cancer of lust, which is destroying the moral fiber of our nation. It seems that though our very heart has been extracted, but as to the date, we have not been able to find a transplant, which society will not reject. Without a doubt, our society is sick and the world is in a critical condition. There's not an area of society which has escaped this crippling malady which has plagued our world today. That is a sickness on the international scene. No matter which direction you look, you'll find tension and unrest. There's an unprecedented arms race going on between the superpowers of the world Russia, China, and the United States cannot figure out which one has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons. They cannot figure out which one is going to protect or win over the smaller nation of the world. And so the great need of our world today calling for climate change, all of this go lacking because of a struggle for power. Can I get a witness here? In the Middle East, there's constant unrest between those first cousins the Arabs and the Jews. These two groups are just like two small kids fighting and no one wants to take the last lick. The only difference is that instead of hitting one another, each other with their hand, they're hitting each other with their car bomb. That's a little more serious. It's dangerous to walk the streets, dine in a restaurant or enter in a public building in the Middle Eastern cities. These opposing groups have so much deep-seated hatred and hostility toward each other that they plant bombs in stores, office buildings and automobiles, 
without regard to who might be killed. Women, children are recorded as collateral damage. South America is in constant turmoil. South Africa is in constant change and flux. So as we look out on the international scene, we see a sick and diseased world. No matter which direction you turn, whether it's north, south, east, or west, we see a sick society. And I were, if I were called upon to give a diagnosis of our society as it relates to the international scene, I would have to say that the condition is critical. Look for a moment at the national scene and we see whether or not things are different. Well, I'm sorry to report that our nation has come down with a serious illness. Help me, Holy Ghost. From coast to coast, we are plagued with multifaceted malady, which believe it or not has placed us in intensive care. And you know when you're in intensive care, somebody has to watch you all the time. That's the way it is with many of our areas of national life. There was a time when we thought the banks and the bankers and the businessmen were paragons of virtue and integrity. We thought that they were there to help us go up, but many of them, like Wells Fargo, have tried to knock the I mean, knock us, knock us down. Can I get a witness here? High interest rates, obscene late fees, quick foreclosures, and instant takeover. Corporations that we thought were shining examples of honesty above reproach are now wearing dirty linen. Folk now like E.F. Hutton, who when they talk, we used to listen. Now instead of everybody listening, everybody starts running for their lives. Automobile manufacturers are cutting corners, getting rid of, getting out of Dodge as quickly as they can. Locating in Mexico and poor countries where they can squeeze the last dime from poor people trying to survive on pennies, nickels, and abject poverty. It got so bad that when you go to a car dealer and buy what you think is an American-made Cadillac, you'll soon find out that it's a Japanese-made Cadillac body running on a Korean-made Chevrolet motor put together in Bayline. We wonder sometimes what has happened to honesty and integrity in the business world. The only thing that I can say is that as we look at the business world, big business today, all we can say is in critical condition. Can I get a witness here? Most assured, I don't have to tell you that in the realm of morality, we're suffering from a deadly case of moral sickness. Never have pornography, videotapes, movie houses, and magazines been so filled with filth, indecency, abomination, and degeneracy. The lyrics of some of our so-called rock and roll and hip-hop songs are encouraging our young people to experiment with all sorts of drugs and indulge in various forms of illicit, perverted sexual activity. It's been said that in a true physical sense, people are what they eat. That's very true. If you eat a wholesome diet, the chances are very good that you will have a healthy body. On the other hand, if you eat nothing but junk food, you will certainly see the adverse and detrimental effects of somewhere down the road. Well, just as this is true in the physical sense, it's also true in a spiritual, moral, and social sense. If physical bodies are to become what we eat, then spiritually, mentally, and socially, 
Our mind become what we see and what we hear and what we read. And you know, if something is not done to curb this wave of pornography which is sweeping across our nation, like the fires of California, our next generation will be made up of sodomites, perverts, punk rocking, hip hopping, moral degenerates of every description. Help me, Holy Ghost. I know y'all getting kind of quiet on me, but I'm gonna say it anyhow. In this sick society, when we look in the area of morality, I have to say that our condition is critical. When you look at sports, what about professional basketball, baseball, and football? I'm sorry to report that so many of our so-called heroes of the world of sports are seriously ill today. Many of them have the dual disease of greed and drug dependency, high wages and low performance, million dollar pitches and can't get anybody out, million dollar contracts and can't hit 301. And then while records are being broken on the playing field, cocaine is being snorted in the locker room. Come on, come on help me, Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? Some of them, our most revered athletes, who ought to be shining examples of, for young people have been fingered as drug addicts. Pray tell me, why do you need to get high when 30,000 or more people cheer you every time you walk on the field? Why do you need a upper when loyal fans are following you just to get your autograph? There's sickness in professional sports, and as I look at the situation, all I can say is that condition is critical. Well, what about the church? Can I get a witness? You didn't think I'm gonna leave us out. That great institution which Christ established and commissioned to carry out his work on earth. Is the church in good health? I'm sorry that I have to say, but according to Bible diagnosis, we have to say the church is on her bed of affliction. The devil is having a hating. I have never seen so many churches going to heathen courts to get a spiritual settlement. Shepherds being voted out and kicked out by sheep that need a shepherd. Churches so busy fighting one another that they don't have time to fight the evil one. And you know this church squabbling is contagious, y'all. And if you don't watch out, you catch it too. Things can get going, can be going very well in your church. And then somebody from a devil-controlled church will begin to tell you about how they went about accomplishing some low-down, dirty deed. Before you know it, they'll be trying to bring that mess all the way in here. It's contagious, I tell you. And not only is the church sick as it relates to conflicts in local congregation, it's sick on a much larger scene. Evangelical, born-again conservatives who vow against abortions and want prayer out of the school but turn around and support a lying occupant of the White House. Can I get a witness? I say a lying psychopathic in the White House. Content with incarcerating thousands of people of color with minor infractions of law and order. The church is sick, and according to Bible diagnosis, the condition is critical. Now with all of this sickness, I'm about ready to go to my seat, with all of this sickness, where can we get some medicine? Where can we get some medicine to cure our need? Come on, go with me now. I'm going somewhere. 
Let me tell you briefly what the apostle Paul had to say about his condition. See, Paul went for his spiritual checkup one day and to his utter dismay, he found out that his condition was listed as critical. He found out that spiritually, he was in the same shape that the world was, socially, economically, and morally. Looking intently at his critical condition, he took into account that although he knew he was right, he didn't always have the strength to do what was right. He found out that although it was his intention to do what was right, that somehow or another, he wanted to live a clean life. He couldn't always make his body obey his mind. He found that even though his thoughts were high, pure, and even though his spiritual nature stayed on things above, he could not control his fleshly desires and keep them out of the gutter and the trash can. He took into account that there's an internal conflict between his spiritual aspirations and his animal passions. He found out that a civil war was raging within and that the intensity of the battle had caused him to become seriously ill. In his own words, he said, it seems to be the fact of life that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. I love to do God's will as far as my nature is concerned, but there's something else deep down within my lower nature that is at war with my mind. Can I get a witness here? Amen. I want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself enslaved to sin. So you see how it is. When I would do good, evil is present with me. My new life tells me to do right, but my own nature that's inside of me loves to keep on sinning. At this point, Paul seemed to be disillusioned with and by his condition and his inability to effectively deal with his spiritual illness. And he threw up his hand in utter disgust. And that's when he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the slavery of this deadly lower nature? And while he was standing there, wringing his hand with sorrow for himself, it dawned upon him that it was not all loss after all. That despite the serious illness that was in his body, there was still hope for the future. I heard Barack Obama talk about the audacity of hope, but I heard the Bible said there's always hope for those who call upon God. He knew that he could not cure himself, but he knew somebody who was able. Oh, I wish I got a witness here. He, he knew somebody who was able to cure him from this crippling matter. So I hear Paul saying, wait a minute, reporter, before you announce to the public, before you tell the public, about all of this, I want you to tell them that I'm on the critical list. I want you to give them another turn. Tell them I'm critical, but I'm on the stable right now. You see, I got a doctor. Can I get a witness here? You see, I got a doctor. Y'all don't hear me. I said, I got a doctor who's a specialist in treating critical patients. He's a doctor of doctors. He's God, great doctor. So I'm critical, but I'm stable. I've got a doctor whose name is Jesus, and he has a perfect record in the fact that he never lost a patient. My condition might be critical, but I want to tell you I'm stable now. Listen, I've, I've, I've got a doctor who operated 
a clinic. I've got a doctor who started a clinic. Can I get a witness here? Out on a hill called Calvary. Mary, you showing up right, Calvary? Covers it all. He opened it one Friday and made it available to all of those who are willing to come inside in. Can I get a witness here this morning? He established a blood bank which he filled with his own precious blood. And no matter what your condition is, I heard him say you can plunge beneath that flood and lose all your guilt and sin. Because of Calvary, my vital signs are looking good. Because of Calvary, my heartbeat is now normal. Because of Calvary, my blood pressure, can I get a witness, is back to normal. Because of Calvary, there's hope for my recovery. Because of Calvary, I believe I'm gonna get well. Oh, I'm critical, but I'm stable now. Can I get a witness here? Well, I stopped by here this morning to tell somebody that I thank God that Paul doctor is my doctor too. I plunged in that, in that blood bank one day and I gave him all of what I had and he healed my stripes and made me whole. Anybody here heard about that doctor? Anybody here know about that doctor? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of his peace was upon us and by his stripes we are healed. Before I go to my seat, I want to recommend Jesus this morning. Karen Reed, are you here? I said, I want to recommend Jesus. I want to recommend Jesus. I want to recommend Jesus to this dying world. As sure as his blood will cure my sin, he'll cure the sins of the whole world. There's no struggle, there's no shortage of blood in Calvary's blood bank. I said, there's no shortage of blood in Calvary's blood bank. There's ample supply for everybody in need of a transfusion. Because of the blood, because of the blood, healing has taken place. Because of the blood, healing has taken place. Can I get some help here this morning? When I tell you that there is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from the Emmanuel vein, and sinners flood beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stain. Can I tell you the dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day? There may I, though vile is he, wash all my sins away. Because of the blood, the blood still works. Anybody here to know the blood still works? The blood still works. It saved me. It healed me. It filled me. The blood still The doors of the church are open. There might be one, two, or three. Please come today. Don't wait until tomorrow. Tomorrow might be too late. Come today. Accept Christ in the pardon of your sins. One, two, or three. Come today. Because the blood still works today. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Don't wait until tomorrow except Christ right now. He's standing waiting on you. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. It works. It works. It works. It works.